Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And we're going to take a look at probably one of the short list of best uh, Marvel Essentials, the Essential Conan, with the idea being we're going to chart Barry, Barry Windsor Smith's artistic growth over about a two-year period with some cool-looking Gil Kane uh, sprinkled in between. But first, I want to invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell icon so that we can notify you when new vids are available. That helps mitigate the kayfabe effect, which is uh, whenever we put those videos out in the morning, by midday, early afternoon, the comics that we talk about, prohibitively expensive, if you can find them at all online. Uh, this is certainly one of those books you're not going to find very easy. Got to give a shout out to the kayfabers out there. Ask not what cartoonist kayfabe can do for you. Ask what you can do for cartoonist <laughs> kayfabe. Somebody sent this to us and I've been looking for this for a long, long time, man, specifically for uh, a video like this, man. If you watch these videos to the end, uh, that gooses the YouTube algorithm and pushes our content out to uh, new YouTube uh, viewers who dig comics but haven't necessarily seen cartoonist kayfabe stuff. Helps us grow our numbers. We recently hit 60,000 subscribers, only 10% uh, toward our goal of 600,000 subscribers. So we got a ways to go. Uh, Jimmy, we looked at Red Nails, the artist edition, uh, very recently. Very inspiring artwork, right? Insanely inspiring. But my favorite sort of aspect of being a comics fan, a, a student of comics, is to take a look at uh, an artist's body of work. It's very inspiring to me to see some rough edges from the beginning and to see that you put in tenacity, you put in hard work, discipline, dedication, you're, you're going to get somewhere. If you are objectively hard on yourself, you don't tread water, you keep progressing and trying to push forward. I remember Tim Vigil saying to us that every piece he draws, he looks at five things that he wants to change and fix. Seems like a good rule of thumb. What an iconic launch for Conan the Barbarian. Absolutely. Comic form i feel like that cover is so good but first page you know you talk about that evolution we're seeing the last bits i think of the kirby influence uh barry barry smith coming into marvel comics really a kirby clone in the beginning and you see those little bits left over here in the beginning yeah absolutely we actually looked at this first issue which is uh redrawn uh, in magazine form by john Buscema. we compare and contrast we go through both of them and, and see like uh you know who won each page basically man we'll, we'll include that video in the in the end credits or whatever S sequences like this man where there's like the foreshadowing of the future Very that, peculiar. That's, that's cool shit, man. yeah i like that so heck of a way to start this off he he would draw these like equine horse face features on his character sometimes super close together eyeballs and shit and uh it's something that the young upstarts and fandom artists of 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 that day they brought to 1980s like black and white boom comics you go through that stuff you see these close together eyes it's like they consciously did that yeah, and it reminds me of like, you know, when we were coming up and the image guys were so popular. That kind of face. You know, you see a lot of that in 80s black and white boom comics. Eastman and Laird, like Peter Laird would yeah, totally. would, 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 would have a lot of this kind of uh, proportionality in his character's faces. I think that oddness, though, uh, it's inspiring to fans. Like, if you're trying to draw, seeing this stuff that's kind of not perfect anatomy, in a way, it speaks to you. It looks a lot more like the stuff I'm doing in my notebooks in school than the perfect figure where it's like, I can't do that. Yeah. It, that's impossible, but I might be able to do this. Recently read this, like, Fred Hembeck interview, man, and he was talking about the cleanliness of uh, DC Comics and 
the way like Kirby Marvel looked. And there is a wonkiness to the Marvel, you know, like the yes, the DC comics. It's like it's like Mad Men clip art comics, you know. And having this kind of stuff that's not academically sound or whatever, uh, it is. It does feel approachable. One thing that he deviates from uh, Kirby very early on, although I say that as you turn the page and we see a, a, what would be a great Kirby pose, uh, the page layouts. These are very dense pages, a lot of them, and I, I, you know, something we'd see in Red Nail, something we'd see in a lot of Barry Windsor Smith's work going forward. But it's one of the places where I think he strikes out on his own, and you start to see Barry Windsor Smith style emerge. So fascinating that like Sal Buscema is the guy tightening this stuff up, man. Uh, we're we're about four months in, and this work is tightening up more and more already uh but it's it is a bold line and when we take a look at like late period barry windsor smith like he's he's a he's a, a pen guy you know he's going for these thinner things look at that dude that's that's why you read comics yeah that's awesome images like that man getting ornamental with the background i think that's another thing people really like that sword and sorcery setting he just nails it you know with the castles and corridors and all those the ornamental details it stands out, you know, it's perfect for the audience. Frank Giacquia on inks on this one. So he's he's using a, a thinner line on, on Barry Smith. It's fun when you start to see some of the line flourishes, like uh, we've seen some shading like that, just a bunch of these parallel lines. Yeah. I feel like that's stuff that will end up translating into mature Barry Windsor Smith. Yes. Still signing Barry Smith, by the way, up to this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when the Windsor enters. It, it will be entering soon, man. And, uh, by all accounts from people who were there, peers of his and fans, they were like, give me a break. <laughs> I like to imagine it's it. when he starts thinking himself. Yeah, you might be right, man. <laughs> you might be onto something, Jimmy. Picks up a couple of those Windsor Newtons and decides to incorporate it. You know, I don't think you saw very many panels like this in 70s comics even. You yeah, would afterward. I always think of George Perez with those tall skinny panels. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. Uh, we appreciate you guys supporting our projects and the current stuff that we have on the shelves right now. Jim Rugg, Hulk Grand Design, both issues, uh, Monster and Madness are out there on the stands. These are the regular covers. Comic shops out there, you know what your marching orders are. You know how to stack these on the shelves. And uh, you got these other variant covers that you could get your hands on to support the, uh, the, the work. You got the Jeff Darrow cover for Madness. You got the Ed McGinnis cover for Madness. And with the uh, first issue, Monster, Peach Bamboko, the Eddie P, and the Marcos Martin variant covers. Congratulations, Jimmy. I know this was a long project in the works. The other stuff that Jimmy has in print, Plain James, the first young adult graphic novel, and various volumes of the hardcover graphic albums of Street Angel are still in print, still in good comic shops, still can be ordered online in volume, support the work. Right now on the stands, uh, as per the Ed Piscor comics that are out there, Red Room, Trigger Warnings, issue one, two, and potentially issue number three are out there in the wild. Issue two, the Pumpkins issue, look at that for a splash page, man. You can uh, get these comics online uh, at Fantagraphics website and various comic shops. It is banned in 26 countries. It is banned in 10 comic shops. But you could also read these comics before they hit paper on uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Three bucks for the archive there. Uh, last season's Red Room uh, efforts, Red Room, the Antisocial Network trade paperback, 
out there in the wild collecting uh, four issues of comics and lots of extra material. The works that I have out there in the wild right now, I do think WYSIWYG is currently out of print, but if you see it, scoop it up. Four volumes, Hip Hop Family Tree, including two giant box sets and 12 issues of comics. The guys at Fantagraphics just told me my royalty statements have hit Clausian and Hernandez <laughs> Brothers numbers, 42 pages of uh, royalty statement, Jimmy. And uh, the brand design that started them all, three volumes, X-Men Grand Design, including an omnibus that is out of print and hard to find. But if you see it, scoop it up. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Man, there's good imagery in here. But it does feel different than the uh, the Marvel comic stuff. This is funny. You pointed out this uh, this jaw muscle as we were uh, prepping for this. <laughs> and from a distance, I'm sitting off to the side. You know, I look at it on screen. I look at it from a distance. It almost looks like a dry brush. You know, if your old eyes pull back far enough, like it's it's kind of like uh, an interesting effect in that it's feathered out. But in today's world, like you might be able to hit that with one mark and yeah. get that effect. But you can see on his face where it's like anatomically, that's not a sound face exactly. But it speaks to that idea of like the high school kid that's sitting in the back of the room drawing. This stuff is just perfect. Yeah, those those close together eyeballs. That's something that like it, it was captivating as a kid because it like in that static world of these like stamped out, you know, Rex Morgan MD faces. You would just stare at that man. Like it, it feels conscious. It gives Conan a lot of personality as opposed to like a generic face. And then, and then, as he when he evolves, and you look at his like late period stuff, like like Weapon X, like you know the lady in Weapon X with the short hair, like and those far apart eyes with no pupils, like he really creates his own vocabulary with the way he, he draws eyes. Look at all the uh, amount of this detail in the background. Saw tons of that in Red Nails. Yeah, and you're seeing it emerge pretty early in his run hard to believe he's keeping this up on a monthly it is called finishing what Sabusama and dan adkins are bringing to the table but you have to imagine lots of this is bws himself yeah man. something like this is that's barry smith yeah no doubt i bet there's some tight panels on tight pencils on that panel tom sutton and tom palmer on inks on this on this joint and like look at this dude imagine i, I bet that was very tight penciling man there's a lot going on there look it's, at the texture of like the cliffs and stuff in the background it's now inkers so it's okay. not finishers anymore man when you see these tight things you, you imagine that he's getting tight with his pencils and as an artist dude straight how foster i always wonder with um working with an inker because i don't know if i've ever worked with an inker but i wonder like if you're a penciler what you take away from that because this stuff looks different so i wonder if whenever this comes back you know like some of those lines i talked about wrapping around forms and shadows interpreted differently here by uh, Sutton and Palmer. And I wonder like if you're Barry Windsor Smith, do you see this and then go, oh, okay, more of this. And I, I need to draw this kind of texture. This is amazing, all the scales or, and stuff. Approaching red nails, levels of, uh, of craft, man. But I do think that an inker may inform an evolution of a penciler. When uh, I went to the Kubert school and we would have resident guys come in and talk and plus our teachers who worked in the mainstream, there's not one penciler that likes his anchor. Like, there's no not one dude that like is 100% happy. And this guy's an artist. He goes on to like be the only one to touch his work and even color it at a certain point. I think he's grousing and trying to figure out how to get ahead of the game so he can start putting the ink down himself, man. It could be, but boy, this is a beautiful issue. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. You know, Tom Palmer's one of those shortlist dudes for me is like one of the great anchors of all time. And, uh, and Tom Sutton, too, to some to, to some extent. But Tom Palmer, I just think of as, like, he's got all the tools. He can make any mark, any finish, any texture. And uh, it'd be hard to be mad at him. Look, it's ruined. 
Yes, it is. Sabi <laughs> <laughs> Samo on uh, embellishing on this one. That's so strange to me. What a what a matchup. Yeah. I can, like I want to imagine Sabusima like uh, sitting around Thanksgiving dinner with John and planning how to sabotage Windsor Smith <laughs> <laughs> for the good of the Busima family. <laughs> it's funny because like they had to keep the book cheap. That was the whole point right. of like Barry Smith being on there. So how does that make Sal feel? Like we can't afford John Busima. His page rate's too high, but we could get uh, you know Gilberg on the on the mix. Boy, there's some great inking in this one. Really like some of the stuff that he's doing. Shades of Al Williamson at times with like some of the thin lines and the parallel lines. Really pretty. I like that. It's amazing that you know you get Barry Windsor Smith initially because it's cheap. He basically works it up to a page rate. Sells enough of them that the page rate can can support a John Buscema. Exactly. Yeah, man. It's incredible. That's a rare story in comics. Building cells. Another Barry Smith Salbusema joint. Wonder how young Salbusema is if this is him starting out his career if he started out as an inker. Seems like they would do that kind of thing, right? Like like get, get a guy some chops doing finishes or just figuring out the storytelling part of it. Like this kind of thing. You know, that's mm -hmm. uh John Tarr. Like all, all those like eighties <laughs> comics, man. Like they 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 pull they they drew that that face. Power comics shout out. Loving the <laughs> texture on that leopard. Love how much they do in the inking stage too. You know, that's part of what makes an essentials like this so valuable and so good looking. It's something they really established too. I mean, that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> that's the fandom with those sweat. Look at the sweat drops on that dude's face, man. <laughs> Barry Smith really set a stage for when they start to like evolve into Savage Swords and like these big magazines. They are ink heavy. They are lighting heavy. You have to you have to bring your chops, man. No, no shorts. Do we got a Gil Kaner here? No, we're still on Barry Smith. That's incredible. What, what? Do you know how many issues we're in that he hasn't missed an issue yet? Yeah, we we are in twelve issues, and now he is uh, handling the inks. I was gonna say this looks different. This looks like him. Like you're really starting to see certain uh, em embellishment that Ooh. looks Barry Windsor Smith. I have both of these screen tones. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Look He's at this. using screen tone this early. Laying over zips, man. Like laying uh, the same zip over two times. It creates that moiré, but it's still got that cool depth. Some kind of splatter. Or no, that's a that's a uh, that's a tone you could have. But but dude, I think that's a tone, and that's that's a very interesting one. Putting a application that stuff using zips there. Yeah, he's 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 playing with medium with media here. He's really coming at it with this one. I mean, doesn't it feel like him? Like, is there a Windsor? Did he add the, the Windsor yet? <laughs> We're still very Smith. Ooh, <laughs> that's sick as fuck. That's amazing. Getting some of that, like, Cthulhu energy into Coney and there's, the world. There's still super dark stuff. So this is that thing that's required, man. You got to ink your stuff. You got to see it reduced and printed so that you know where to, like, how far apart you can crosshatch yes. and stuff. So that you know, like, how certain zip screens that you have on deck will look. You know, that's very dark. That probably would not be used. Uh, again, after you see the results. Man, I am eating this up. Here goes Gil Kane. That makes sense. Barry might have gone, uh, flew a little too close to the sun last issue. <laughs> oh, it's just a little short one in the back of uh, issue oh, interesting. 12. Still Barry Smith, man. But John B I mean, uh, Sabi Sema is on the... Like, this kind of shit. That is insane looking, man. Look at the hatching, too. Like, you would never see this today. No. You know, that's totally going to be handled in the coloring. 
these eyeballs. Also, like, how much do you see Dave Sim coming out of these kinds thousand, of pages? Thousand, man. There was a camel in one of those pages, like a well-drawn camel. Wow, that spider's great. Love it. That's the other thing I see as you flip through this. It's so inventive visually. It is, man. Because I'm just not a, a big of... sword and sorcery person, but it's just there's something entertaining in every issue. And I feel like the guys who draw the, the Conan stuff in the magazines, like there are a lot of names that you don't even recognize from other comics. It's like, this is their deal. Like they just want to fuck with this universe, man. It's like Robert E. Howard type shit. You know, Conan we could look at in the magazines and it just came in in a mailbag is the uh, Jorge Zafino issue. Sick. It's beautiful in black and white, and it is a different, uh, you know, that guy hasn't done too many monthly comics. Is it Elric? Maybe. What was his name in um, Cerebus, Elrod? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes these inkers too will add like a smoothness to his yeah. work, like a real polish. I kind of, I like the rougher. Barry Smith getting more intricate. That's quite a signature. With the sig. That's a big signature, very clear. <laughs> Man, what a run. I think this is all of his issues, too, are contained in here. Yeah. That's an interesting effect. <laughs> Not sure we've seen that before. Beautiful yeah, composition. Really coming on. What is this for, like, texture? Yeah, like mail. But, I mean, it looks like uh, some kind of, you know... Like a paper. Like a... Yeah, pa paper tooth that's coming out in, I don't know, some kind of graphite rubbing on top of it. Yeah. Wow. Look at this, dude. It's a two-page spread, but they didn't have that bleed capability, so it's two splashes. That's funny. Look at that Barry Smith signature. Yeah, man. I like all of this. And You can a, really see he's getting into like a mature phase, much more confident than what we saw in those earlier pages. Doing, you know, like, like we often talk about early artists, they draw everything. Got to draw everything in there. But as they get more mature, they kind of recognize what you can get away with how much you actually need. And that room to breathe in negative space, it's a plus, it's not a shortcut. It's weird, like it says this is like a, this is a reprint, but it must be from some other publication. Hmm. The white, that's your white screen tone on top of that image. Really cool. He's, there's there's no atoms uh, that I've been seeing in, in some of this stuff with, with these kinds of foreshortenings he's been doing. Ah, oh, dude, <laughs> is this Conan in modern day? How close are Neil Adams and Barry Windsor Smith went in terms of coming into the industry? Yeah, I think Windsor probably around the same years time. ahead of him. Because Neil Adams always talks about being nobody comes into comics within five years of him on either side. Yeah. So I wonder if Windsor Smith is five years ahead of Neil Adams. I think he's about sixty-eight, so it's like they're the same. Yeah. You know, X Men fifty-three, I think. Another Gil Kane, or when you get two Gil Kanes, it makes me think that we're gonna see a fucking yeah. Outstanding way, Conan. Nothing to sneeze at with the Gil Kane. No, no, no. Kind doubt, of interesting man. to see Conan through a different art in a capable artist uh, hand. Such a Gil Kane montage, right there. Totally. This is also how I think the uh, Marvel DC characters define themselves, in that they. Um, oh, is this the pencil issue? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. And Gil Kane did two ish. So like, Barry Smith was getting super deep in the weeds, man. 
Oh, this is going to be interesting if this is the pencil issue. Some of it's inked. Yeah, I think it's the second half maybe is pencils. We should be able to tell that. Yeah. But it's interesting how different guys experimented with doing reproduction from pencils. <laughs> I think it was like a time, I think we're there. I think it was purely a time issue. Because, I mean, look at how deep he's getting, dude. Yeah, yeah we're there. Be. We're there for sure. There's no doubt. And like the other early uh, guys would be, you know, Byrne does one, and it's probably a decade after this, I think, a Captain America issue. You can see it. Steranko does it with that Chandler graphic novel, which is just bizarre. And this is reprinted in that, is it Savage Sword? Um, or Conan Saga? Conan Saga reprints all of these in black and white, and, and you get a pretty good look at the uh, pencils in that one. Yeah, it still has to be done as black and white line repro. Look at this. Yeah, it just kind of gets lost in a way. I wish they would have commissioned him to ink it for like future printings. Sure. To be able to compare them. Like, look at these hordes of dudes. But I also wonder if he knew this was going to be reproduced from pencils if this was an experiment because it's so tight. You know, I don't know that you would pencil that tight if you're if it was going to be inked. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like his stuff seems very, very thoughtful. Like the red nail stuff. That's something we could look at and try to take a look at the tightness of his pencils. It didn't look so tight, uh, it, but that comes later also. Where are we at, man? He's still Barry Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Issue 20. Dan Adkins on the embellishing on this. I also wonder if he's given Inker's notes. Yeah, I always wonder about that. How closely they work together. Are you just dropping your pencils at the office and this is not a, even seeing your anchor? This is a seventies amount of uh, storytelling. <laughs> it, it, it might be if we counted. It might be seventeen pages, and they're trying to get a lot on on the page. You know, makes me wonder if Gene Day was big into this. Yeah. Wow, that's sick. Kind of unbelievable. Look at those for perspectives. Like wow. <laughs> Not faking any of that. This is some stuff that Sim internalized. <laughs> Let your letter shine. Still Barry Smith. Craig Russell, Val Mayerick. That's pretty cool. Those guys are young guns at this moment. Yeah, I'll say. Craig Russell seems like he'd be a good anchor on Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, certainly into the subject matter. Oh, and you could see the differences, man. Like, this is a different approach. That's probably Mayrick, man. Yeah, it looks very different, all of this. Yeah. The spotting of the blacks looks different, the totally. line work. I kind of like that these inkers are coming in and out, that you get to see Barry Windsor Smith's line, and then you get to see these different people interpret that line. Cocaine on your cover there. Stone. Are we going to see Chick Stone inked Barry Smith? <laughs> I don't know any other stones inking at this time. I can't wait. I, I feel like we should be able to pull that out like a sore thumb, man. Here we... I mean, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely it. Some of that looks really cool. Yeah, it just homogenizes it in a way. It does. It makes you it look can... like a regular old comic. Yeah, it's a house, it's a house style. Mm-hmm burnish mm. off those edges and make it look like a Marvel comic. That's quite a cover. Yeah, man. I don't think anybody else's hands on that one. I got this issue. I have about five or six issues that I, that I got for like a quarter. I have a couple issues, very random. 
I mean, this is Red no Nails territory right here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like seeing this stuff too folded in. Like we see him do it on an epilogue and now it's like, work that into a story. The scales are back. He's playing the hits here. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and then uh, on comes uh, Busema with the John book, Severin. Bookie was born to uh, draw. John Severin, I wouldn't have picked that out. Well, Although I, this oh, looks like it. The, yeah, like with Salby Summer also. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's okay, a couple okay, guys. Yeah. Like this is clearly the Sev stuff. Because Severin is not shy about just turning the stuff into his drawings. Yes. <laughs> it's a Kevin Nolan-esque like inker. Yeah, and now we're back to the Salby Summer inks. It was just like that one sequence mm -hmm. was uh, Severin. Super cool, man. You find this, you find this essential Conan anywhere. You gotta scoop it up. Absolutely. You, you, can, you can't let this, especially if if you find a cover price or something, you can't let that slide by you, man. It is shortlisted as one of the best essentials for sure. Yeah, and you can find it. Like there are comic shops that just like have had essentials collecting dust on their shelves for a long ass time. You, you I can see find them it. used. It, yeah, it, comic shops will have like their used shelf. Yeah, and I'll see essentials in those a lot of times because I, I don't know why, but this is the one to grab if you find it. Jimmy, super fun to chart the growth of uh barry winter smith's artwork in two two short years man and watch that guy become a slinger i'm sad it's not signed off as barry windsor smith in the end great. because it does feel like he starts at one point and by the end of this book he is barry windsor smith there's some cool cool bits in this uh table of contents that too by the like way BWS. i love that drawing i don't think that's windsor smith but i like that drawing but there's a couple of like his pencils and uh yeah. this is this is probably the best essentials table of contents like look at that they totally that's amazing. Super cool, man. Maybe he's Barry Windsor Smith with the red nails. Maybe that's like, you know Could what? Be. This is special stuff. I got to give myself a kayfabe middle name or something. Good to go? Yes. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design, Monster, and Madness are now in comic shops everywhere while supplies last. It's a retelling, reimagining of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, which makes it perfect for first-time readers or longtime Hulk fans. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue one, two, and potentially issue number three are on the stands as we speak. Murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, you can get these comics at finer comic shops anywhere. It is banned in 26 countries. It is banned in 10 comic shops. But you hit up my link tree in the description below this video. You can find, place, you can find links to order and pre-order Red Room Comics. You can hit up my Patreon to read the comics right now today. Patreon.com slash Ed Piscor. Three bucks for the archive there. Put up new strips every Tuesday. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That is another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Dude, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.